Welcome to Uncorked, another podcast brought to you by Team Corker. I'm Steph, and joining me is the one and only Matt Corker. <laughs> I love these podcasts. I can't get enough of them. I get so excited. The problem is by the time the microphone's here, we have to dive right into the questions. I mean, we're on the clock, bro. We're, we're on, on the, the clock. clock. Your favorite. Uh, I, I really love a clock. Uh, okay, so today we're jamming on a question that was sent in to us from Jen. And Jen asks a great question. That is, when do I know when to jump? When do I know to make the leap from a corporate gig to a smaller organization? Because doesn't that sound so sexy and entrepreneurial? And or when do I make the jump or transition from a corporate gig to running my own show? Well, I love this. And I feel like you as a recruiter get to be in this conversation all the time because you're, you know, talking to people that are managers and directors of large teams in big organizations. And, you know, we work with a lot of up and coming brands that are, you know, set to make a difference in the world that are looking to bring that kind of talent in house so that they can have a new head of brand or a new head of of a department or team that they haven't had in existence yet in their company. So when you're interacting with these candidates, you know, what does the conversation sound like when you're trying to convince someone who's part of a multinational corporation to join this like risky, like smaller shop? Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. So let me offer my two cents of what I've experienced Uh, But I don't want to dive too far into that from a recruiting angle because I think that you should share with our listeners your litmus test Mm. of your your three litmus tests to take. I think that is brilliant. What I will offer or what I should say from a team corker perspective, and I share this with our with I mean from myself and our recruiter, that we never, ever, ever, ever want to convince someone to go from their large corporate gig to something smaller. We we cannot convince someone that it's the right gig because if it is not deeply ingrained in you to be an entrepreneur, you should not be an entrepreneur. (laughs) You should not work for someone who's an entrepreneur. You should stay at your corporate gig with the Amex and the expense account and the big budgets. And I find that when we're in choice with people and when we explain the full spectrum, the very best parts and the scrappy bits, um, to perhaps some of the not so great bits, it's it's way better to be fully transparent than, you know, to sell the dream if really they just want to take four weeks vacation and not have to chime in um, to to work. That that doesn't usually happen in a startup, by the way. <laughs> it's I remember having my first so my first job was at UBC. We got six weeks of vacation. Oh my gosh. And then when I moved into the private sector and started working for different organizations, I was like, oh, my six week vacation <laughs> is no longer available. And now at like running Team Corker with you, it's like, what's a vacation? When did you take six hours <laughs> off? <laughs> that's what I just thought of. Um, and that's another point we didn't, I mean, think to speak of, but ch- the, the power of changing sectors or changing industries And I love it. I mean, public, private organizations, public companies, private companies working for the government or not the government. And there's perks and you're like, oh, I have this clothing allowance or I have six weeks paid vacation or 
I have maternity or paternity leave top up, you know, these, these benefits that you're like, oh, but I'd really love to be in a startup. Like, well, right. you don't get to negotiate your clothing allowance <laughs> in a startup. Well, and so the perks of joining a smaller shop are what? Oh my gosh. I love this question. And let me tell you, the one thing most candidates tell me is they want to work for a leader who cares in an organization that has a purpose. And that isn't a purpose that says we're going to give you time to go donate, you know, like your time so you can donate what not to charity or to give back to the community. That's just to be expected. This is a purpose-led organization that's actually making a difference in the world. Mm. And what I know to be true is that if that is your North Star, if that is actually what matters to you, then all of the other pieces don't. I think it is the responsibility of a founder to set the vision, and it's the responsibility of the founder, the board, the, the leadership team that he or she has created to actually live that purpose and that vision out in the world. Uh, what I know is that it's really easy to not do that, and it's really unattractive. And one of the things I love at Team Corker is so many of our clients are so passionately purpose-led uh, that, that it's like the, sh the buck stops there. Uh, if you're excited about your contribution to an organization, you figure everything else out. You figure it out. You make bold requests. Things change. You get to live a different life. As children, we're so good with change. And as adults, we become, I mean, can I say this? I hope our mom isn't listening, but like a little bit of regimented assholes. Mm. Get over that. Do you want to have a career worth remembering or do you want to be a regimented asshole? <laughs> My mom doesn't like it when I swear. The, um, the other piece that you mentioned before was how a smaller shop is like a water park. Oh gosh. And so instead of like having your sectioned off little sandbox of what you play in and here's your budget and here's the processes and here's the operations that you need to fulfill on and we're really clear about goals and like how you execute on KPIs these plans. And my bonus. I mean, it's like the sandbox. All I can think of is fill up my pail and let me make this perfect sandcastle and you have a shovel and and I can come in and out of the sandbox and really only my feet are a little bit dirty. Mm. But my analogy to the water park is you come in and all of a sudden you step on something you didn't know. And it's like, splash <laughs> and water spraying up in the air and you're soaked and you leave the water park a different version of yourself than you walked in. And I mean, have you ever not had fun in a water park? <laughs> <laughs> and it's good because like if you want to play in a sandbox, don't go to a water park. Totally. If you want to go to a water park, don't go into a sandbox. Yeah. You know, and when you're able to see, you know, what is the opportunity in its total entirety? How will it impact me? What is the environment that I'm going to be working in? All of these things will be impacted in making the leap from a big shop to a small shop. Yeah. Okay. Let's go to your litmus test. Um, what are your, you had three, you have three litmus tests. And now do you think all three of them? Do all three need to be, I don't want to say satisfied, but test positive? <laughs> <laughs> well, I would say of these three things, so the three things that I 
You know, I'm, I'm working one-on-one -on -one with um, a number of different people right now that are going through some change in their organizations, with their businesses. Um, some people have shut down their business. Other people are starting their business. Other people are transitioning from one business to the other. And I bring this up to let you know, like, these are from real lived experiences. And at the same time, that usually only one needs to be present in yes. order for it to be powerful. Great. Enough. I was going to say, I look at this litmus test and I think if one is positive, time to pull plug. Yeah. Like it's either like... Pull shoot. <laughs> so Parachute up. This would be the litmus test of like, is it time for me to leave the job I'm currently in? Whether it's to a smaller shop, whether it's to your own shop, whatever it is, it's time to quit. Okay. The first one is that if you go home and complain more than you get, ex complain about your role more than you get excited about the work that you're creating. And that usually shows up very frequently at home. And the litmus test is, are you then starting to complain while you're at work? So are you starting to have little coffee dates with other people that like to complain mm. about what's going on? Are you also complaining or being resigned to the other stuff that's going on in your world or in your role? And it trumps or it overpowers everything you're doing to create. So you're spending more time complaining than you are creating. Complaining over creating. Test Gross. one. Test one. Litmus test number two is that you've become resentful for the contribution that you're making at work because it makes your leader look good and you don't stand behind your leader anymore. And so it's like, I'm doing all this work. I'm changing. My team's super effective. We're generating so much. I love the work that I'm doing, but I actually don't want to be doing this work anymore because I don't believe in the leader or I don't trust my leader anymore or my leaders being inappropriate, and I can't ethically stand behind that person anymore. Okay, pause. That's that's a really big one, and it can come with a really large organization. It can also come within a smaller organization. So this is regardless of scale. I think it's timely as we learn about so many different leaders in, in the business world and, and how they're showing up. Um, what I would just want to chime in and offer from a personal perspective for all of the, our friends that think that the Corker kids have a rainbow relationship, we like to think we're unicorns and it's not without its ebbs and flows and challenges in working together. And one of the things that keeps me so committed to this business is I know that doing the work we do is of benefit to our vision, our families and our future together. And when that is the case, it makes the ebbs and the flows and the great days and the tough days, like, no problem. Mm -hmm. And if that wasn't there, I couldn't imagine what it's like. So as you speak of litmus test number two, f I mean, f for our friends, Matt Corker runs the Corker Co. <laughs> and he would be the leader that would make or break me wanting to be a contribution here. And if, if we didn't have the relationship we had and the vision we have for both the business, our lives, our families, it would be, I, I would think, what are we hanging on for? Right. And so I can't imagine what's that, what that would be like if you're working for a leader that you don't share that same vision. Or, yeah. I mean, that's a really easy hook to take out of someone's mouth. Or if I'm a big fraud. 
you know like that's like there's also that like the vision could be there the brand story I publish all these cool articles like I'm seen in a certain way and you know from working with me that I'm a total fraud right like that's really hard for you to keep like towing the line and like believing in the vision because you believe in the vision yeah but like your leader doesn't right and so that's where it's like you, you see a different version of your leader at work than the rest of the world experiences. Yeah. And this is not like, oh, my leader had a bad day or we had a disagreement yeah. or that like they gave no. me tough feedback. Like that's not the litmus test. This is fundamental. This is like you can't stand behind your leader anymore. Yeah. Like you can't go into work and do the work great work that you do. Yeah. Knowing that it's like a little bit of a pony show. Like, that's hard. So, like, time to jump. (laughs) Time's up. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Seriously. And so relevant to, like, me too. Time's up. Enough is enough. Like, get out of there. Um, All right. Number three. Number three. And this one I actually really credit to Jordan O'Connor. Shout out to Jordan O'Connor. He and I worked at Lululemon at the time. And he worked in shipping and receiving. He worked in facilities part-time and I started to get to know him because he was moving desks around and whatnot. And I just started talking to him about like, Hey, what are you doing? And like, who are you? And tell me more about your life. And he at the time was really wanting to be an actor and he was going to these different gigs and commercials and TV shows and just like hanging on. And he stayed in that role because he had a greater vision for his life and he saw the connection between what do I want to really be doing and how does this role support me or get me to where I want to be? Does my main gig help me fund my part-time gig? Does my main gig teach me the skills and give me the connections I need in order to get to where I want to go? And like fast forward for any of you also addicted to the show Riverdale, Jordan O'Connor's on Riverdale now. And it's like, I look at that and I was like, I remember when you were moving desks at Lululemon and I'm so glad that he found a way to make it work. And the litmus test is if you're questioning how does my current role advance or help me achieve my future vision and you can't see the link, it's time to jump. If you know you're spinning your wheels and it's getting you nowhere, time to go. The big thing with this last litmus test, though, is not necessarily do you have the vision and can you see how your current role is going forward? Because a lot of us have careers, myself included, where I look back and I can see the red thread. But in the moment, I'm like, I don't know what the France I'm doing with career planning or career mapping. The big question is, where else are you too afraid to jump? Are you... Have you given your word to a company and you're so committed to giving your word to this company and keeping your word to this company that you've forgotten to give your word and keep your word to yourself? Or to your dream. Or to your dream. Yeah. So I, this is a big one. And I, I mean, you have been the king of possibility. I know for me, for people that have worked for you in how do you have it all? How do you craft it? How do you make bold requests to have it all? I just want to get your opinion, your coaching on that. So you've given your word to a company and you're three months in, you're six months in and it's hell. You are not loving any of it. The cost is the things you do love aren't happening in your life. 
it's all consuming mm. your name, your, your job, you're on the hook and you are working, doing something you love, something you don't love at the cost of something you, you do love at the cost of a dream. Mm-hmm. What is the distinction of like, suck it up and trudge on. And I gave, I gave them my word. I'm not going to bail on them versus the selfish approach of, I don't want to live another day of my life like this. What Here, do you, what coaching do you give that person? When you gave your word to the company, you were a different human. You were alive. You were energized. You were stoked. You saw the vision. You believed in the dream. And three months or six months later, you're now a different human. And you actually aren't in integrity with your word to that company. Because yes, you may say like, well, I'm still here. I still show up every day. But how you show up and what you do while you're here is not actually who they hired. And one of my very first mentors said, um, you know, I hired you for your enthusiasm. Don't lose it now that you've got the job. And I never forget. So it's like, if you had the passion and the chutzpah and the guts at the very beginning, don't lose it now that you have the job. And if you have lost it, it's time to jump. Okay, pause. Is it time to jump? Or is it, is it possible, I'm not disagreeing, I'm only asking the question, is it possible to reignite the flame? Like is, I think it's important to have the conversation of is the only option when it's miserable to jump? And if it's not, what would be the bold request or what would be your coaching on, on how do you get that back again, in your opinion? Well, here's the thing. The litmus test of number three is like, if you're sacrificing your dream for a job, it's time to go. So like, that would be the thing. If you're having a bad day or a bad week or, you know, it's peak season, you know, some businesses and jobs are cyclical. So it's like, you know, this is the grind time. Like, you know, so be it. So be it. That's the nature of the job or the nature of the industry that you're in. Yeah. But if every day you show up and you're like, I don't want to get out of bed because I hate going to work every day. And it's just a normal Tuesday. Like, that's where you got to check yourself. Mm. So it's not like, oh, I've lost the chutzpah for this thing. It's like, have you lost the chutzpah for the vision of the company? Have you lost the vi- the chutzpah for the vision of your life? Like, what have you lost the chutzpah for? Mm. And if like the best thing is, is like people will probably want me to give them permission to say, you know what? I need to reignite my flame. I've lost it and I need to reignite it and and I'm not going to give them that permission. I'm going to tell them to like, no, like that you've lost it, find it somewhere else. Mm. Because so often we're like, tell me where I can be off the hook. Right. And where else does that show up in my life? Right. Like where else can I just listen to someone just like, tell me to hang on, tell me to put my dream back in the closet. Let me focus on it another day. No, I'm never going to be that person that says like, of course you can let go of your dreams. Of course you can like grind through hell because in the name of like, well, I said I would was going to do this. Yeah. Like you're a different person when you're grinding and when you're thriving. Totally. I love that one of our core beliefs at uh, the Corker Co is in, you will say it best. There is no substitute for enthusiasm relentless enthusiasm 
is the best. Relentless enthusiasm. That is the upgrade. Uh, I am so mindful of that. I am so, so mindful of where enthusiasm shows up in my life, with other people, the energy, the vibe on how stoked I am to do business with people that are, that are stoked. And most of the time people are coming to us in a frenzy, you know, they need people and they needed them yesterday and they want to develop people probably because things aren't going very well. And yet the vibration from people that are enthusiastic, that see a way, that are committed to tomorrow being better is really contagious. And it's definitely something that comes up for me always in your witness test number one. It's really hard to complain and be enthusiastic. Mm -hmm. They don't live together. No. So find your enthusiastic spot in life. Find the place that enthuses joy in your world and do more of that. Yeah. And do that on repeat. And don't wait until you've been hit by a car or you have been diagnosed with cancer to say, I finally will have the guts to do what I want to do. Yeah. I want to end on one, uh, one last note that the joy of running a business is second to none. And whether that is your own business, whether you're an entrepreneur within an organization, uh, it's, it has been an honor to spend four years creating something. And it has been the hardest four years to earn a dollar. I have ever, ever experienced. And without enthusiasm, it would have been impossible. Mm. It would have been impossible to stay in the game. There have been great months. There have been terrible months. There have been lawsuits. There have been really big gigs. I mean, we've, we've really seen it all. Uh, and I hope to see even more. And if, if it had ever felt like a slog, or a grind that I wasn't up for, it would have been really soul crushing. Yeah. And so the only thing I would say to people as you consider, do I make the jump? It is, do you have more enthusiasm to go through the slog than, than to not? And if you are an unwavering yes, then just jump. Your parachute will open, the helicopter will catch you, or you might land in a water park. <laughs> but if your enthusiasm is in question, don't you dare. Yeah. Don't you dare. And um, the myth of like running your own business isn't doing more of the work that you love. Running your own business means you're your accountant and you're your like the lawyer and you're the person who writes copy for your website and you're also all of these things. Because when you start out, you don't have a budget to hire the consultants to work for you and do that. So you're probably doing a lot of pro bono work or asking your brother to help run your oh quarterly gosh. finance. My brother, <laughs> my CFO, before he became the CEO. Um, you know, and to that also, though, as you say that, I mean, I think that's a, it's not that it's a classic line. It is classic, you know, it's like, you're going to have to do everything. You're going to have to roll up your sleeves. What I don't know that is actually properly articulated it is not a deterrent, how one manages the stress that you never actually get to experience until you're experiencing it, which is called cash flow, which is called your whatever version of business development and paying your taxes. And you don't quite get that when you work for a company that takes care of all of those details. And having the mechanisms in place in your life to manage the stress. Mm. 
I think stress is a killer. I, I don't think we're in that conversation enough of am I emotionally, do I have the emotional stamina yeah. to be in this game? Um, and, and frankly, with all the love and I want to be a tough female, I think it is a tough game for a woman and I am grateful to have a male counterpart because there are times that I know and maybe this is gender irregardless, I am emotionally charged. I need to have the balance that takes the awesome estrogen <laughs> down a few notches. So there is a balance of things that I think is really important. So anyway, I think we must wrap. Let's wrap it. Bro, what is the last question we wrap every one of these podcasts on? Sis, what's making your heart beat faster? <laughs> so fast, so fast. Have you seen Kit's pool, my friends? Ah, oh, so nice. 137.5 meters of pure joy. I love that pool so much. If I could swim in it every day, I would. I have found pools everywhere I've gone around the world. And even in Germany, where their pools are made of stainless steel, it just does not compare to Kit's pool. And it is open, and I love it. <laughs> Bro, what's making your heartbeat faster? This week is Disrupt Week. We get oh. to see nine speakers take the stage, and they are like seeing their dry runs and listening to what they're going to present on Wednesday. Like, blows my mind. Incredible. I'm, they're so courageous. It's the hardest format to present. Twenty slides in fifteen seconds per slide. It's timed. They're so powerful, and I can't wait for the audience to see. Uh, what we have in store for Disrupt. I don't know if tickets will still be available. Check the link below. There's a wait list. It's going to be hot. Disrupt HR, YVR, Vancouver. Place to be Wednesday night. Science World. That's a wrap. Love ya. Love you too.